The text for the message this morning is 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, starting at verse 14. We'll read to 4 verse 4. Previous sermons, we looked at the, all the verses before this, leading up to this. We continue then with 2 Timothy 3 verse 14. Hear the word of the Lord. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the context of evil men and imposters, we read in the first 13 verses of this chapter, men going from bad to worse, with people loving themselves rather than loving God, so that although they have the appearance of godliness, They do not endure the sound teaching and they turn their itching ears away from the truth. We may give thanks that we can read the promise of our passage. Thanks to God that he has not left us to face this difficult situation without his help. And in our text, the Holy Spirit points us to the Holy Scriptures which serve as a foundation of the truth to build us up and to guide us through the swamp of myths and ungodly temptations that plague the church. And the resounding theme of our text is that we need the sacred scriptures to be front and center in our lives. And as we consider the three main commands that the apostle gives to the evangelist Timothy while the apostle Paul was in prison facing his own death, we see that the Holy Spirit also places the responsibility on the church, on, on, the, on the congregation of Jesus Christ of all ages. And so we're all commanded to continue in what we have learned and firmly believed, to know from whom we learned the truth and to preach the word. And it raises the question, then what is your view of the Scriptures? What place does regular Bible study and faithful preaching have in your life? Do you hear the voice of God teaching and rebuking and correcting and training you in righteousness? The good news I preach to you today is that God has given us the sacred scriptures as a very precious and useful gift. And I preach to you this gospel under the theme 
the sacred scriptures make you wise for salvation. We'll see that they are breathed out by God, profitable for God's people, and also in our hands. If you open your Bibles and you keep them in front of you, you can see that the focus of our text is on the written scriptures that God used to reveal himself. And as you're wondering what those scriptures may be, you can see in verse 15 that Paul uses the words, the, the sacred writings. That's a formula word that he used to refer to the Old Testament. And then he goes on in verse 16 to use a different word, scripture. All scripture is God breathed. The word scripture is used by the other New Testament writers to refer both to the Old Testament and to the New Testament. You could see that, for example, in 1 Timothy 5, verse 18, where the word scripture refers to both Jesus' teaching along with the Old Testament teaching. Or you can see that in 2 Peter 3, verses 15 to 16, where Peter makes it clear that he considers Paul's letters to be a part of the Scriptures. It also fits in with Paul's instruction to the churches to receive and to repeat, read the letters and all the churches, to teach and to proclaim and to obey all that he wrote in the letters to the churches, which together with the Old Testament consisted of what Paul calls words taught by the Spirit in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 13. Well, since Paul wrote the words of this letter to Timothy that we, we have before us uh, this, this morning, there were probably other books that we now have as a part of the Holy Scriptures. We could think of the, the, the book of Revelation, Jesus' revelation to the churches, or we can think of the, the letters that John wrote when he was on the island on exile in, in Patmos. But the principle that Paul wants us to understand is, is very clear, that it applies to all Scripture. And so he doesn't say in verse 16, the Scriptures that you have in your hands, but he says all Scripture is breathed out by God. He gives the churches a, a general rule that we can understand when we look at the Bible, when we decide what the Bible is all about. The point we need to understand from this text is that whatever writing God gave to us in his love and his providence as a result of moving men along by the Spirit, all Scripture is from his hand. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Now that word in verse 16, all Scripture is breathed out by God. Those words are come from a very unique word that Paul seems to have put together precisely to define the character of the Bible. Moved by the Spirit, Paul uses a word that makes it clear that every book in its particular genre and arrangement, every sentence structure in every paragraph, every word, and the commas, and, and the periods around it. Every scripture, all scripture, was breathed out by God himself. Even as he employed human authors with their own characters and writing styles 
to carry out his will, like we read together in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you understand what the Holy Spirit reveals about the nature of the Bible, the scriptures that, that you hold in your hands, then you can also understand why the Jews were so meticulous in preserving the original texts of the Old Testament to the smallest dot and pen stroke, why ministers use the original languages of Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek along with a study of the, the, the text-critical notes when they preach the word, and why serious Christians are concerned about finding faithful translations of the Bible. There are consequences to taking God's word seriously, including the words of our text this morning. And so as we read these words, it, it brings us to, to pray that God will give clear insights to everyone who is involved in the transmission and the translation of the Holy Scriptures so that we as God's people may hear exactly what God has breathed out for us in order that we might become increasingly wise for salvation. For the Scriptures, we see in the second point, are profitable for God's people. In addition to revealing the character of the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Spirit also reveals that the Lord our God breathed out all these words for a very specific purpose in the lives of the people that he had chosen as his own possession. God's purpose for breathing out the Scriptures was not merely to, to give you some more reading material or to give you some helpful advice about life on earth, but more importantly, we read in, a, in our passage, he gave them to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Although the scriptures themselves do not bring salvation, the Holy Spirit uses the scriptures to, to lead us toward salvation. And he does this by opening our eyes to see from the scriptures that there is an eternal God who created the universe and then reached down into that universe when, when mankind rebelled to rescue us from the punishment we deserve through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. The scriptures make us wise for salvation because they bear witness about Jesus Christ, as our Lord tells us in John 5, verse 39, and then several times again in Luke 24. The scriptures make us wise for salvation because they explain and they prove that it was necessary for our salvation that Christ should suffer and rise from the dead, as you read in Acts 17, verses 2 to 3. The scriptures point us to Jesus Christ, and so they make us wise for salvation. It does so by means of teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, verse 16. If you have those words in front of you, you can see that these four words that Paul uses in 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, describe how the scriptures make us wise for salvation. And these words can be divided into two groups. The first two words, teaching and reproof, they address what we believe. 
And the last two words, correction and training, address our actions. In the first place then, by revealing the truth, teaching, and refuting the errors, reproof, the scriptures reveal what the eternal creator of heaven and earth says about our reality and how this is different than so many limited human conclusions and opinions. Using the scriptures as our basis gives authority to our instruction and our declarations of faith because we aren't just teaching others what we think about life but about what God says about life using breathed out words of God. And so children and teenagers and young adults who hear parents and teachers telling them what God says must not confuse the God-breathed words of promise and guidance with the opinions of sinful people. More important than what my mom or dad always said or what my minister or my elders think is what the Word of God declares. And the Word of God in our text declares exactly that. Brothers and sisters, visitors to the church, young and old, make sure that the Scriptures are the standard that you use when you want to know whether something is, is true or not. And then the last two words in verse 16 that the Holy Spirit uses highlight how the Scriptures also tell us how to live, not only by showing us what needs to be corrected in our conduct, correction, but also by training us in the disciplines of godly right living. Like our belief, also our conduct is determined by looking at Jesus Christ revealed in the Scriptures. The Scriptures present the will of God for our lives as this was embodied through the Son of God in His incarnation. As this is worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit through His Word. And as Peter says, you do well to pay attention to these words. They are like a light shining in a dark place. When you want to know how to live before the Lord today, or when you are wondering how you should respond to a, a tricky situation that you are in, in, the Holy Spirit says it very clearly. Follow the words that God has breathed out for this very purpose. and See your Savior, Jesus Christ. The Scriptures can make a person wise for salvation. And they're profitable, useful for instruction and guidance, but only if they are handled correctly. If you read Proverbs 26, verses 7 and 9, you can understand the illustration that just like a, a proverb in the mouth of a fool is as useless as a lame leg or a thorn in the hand of a drunkard, so also the Scriptures will not serve a person who is unwilling to submit to the Lord as his servant. And Paul makes this clear when he says in, in, in verse 17 that Scripture is profitable so that the man of God may be complete, equipped 
for every good work. The man of God, that term, it's a technical term reserved for people that God sent out as messengers and as heralds of the gospel, whose job it was to repeat the words that God had spoken. So Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 verse 11 is called a man of God. And although it is clear from the context that, that any believing and faithful servant of God can be equipped by the scriptures, at this point in, in the word of God, the apostle is especially drawing our attention to those with an evangelistic ministry like Timothy. And he wants to see the church to see how important it is for these heralds of the gospel to rely on the scriptures in order to be proficient and capable and equipped for their good work. You can see there's a very close connection. If you have your Bibles open and you compare verses 16 and 17 with chapter 4, verse 2, you can see there's a very close connection between the character of the Scriptures and the command to preach the Word of God. Even some of the same words are used. If people want to obey Paul's command to preach the Word, they need to first be equipped by the word. The instructor and rebuker must first be taught and have his errors reproved. The preacher of a holy life, the teacher uh, uh, giving and training others in, in godliness must first himself be trained in righteousness. If the messengers we send out obey the commands to, to preach to be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, they must first submit to the Scriptures as it works in their hearts and transforms their lives. This responsibility certainly falls on the preacher. But Paul wrote this for all of us, for it also falls on the church of God who sends heralds of the gospel and who hold these God-breathed scriptures in their hands. We see that finally the scriptures are in your hands. They're in our hands today. But when we understand the character of the Holy Scriptures, we can see then that when the Bible is a real part of our daily lives, then we are truly, as Paul says in chapter 4, verse 1, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. The God who made the universe, the God who rules in, in glorious sovereignty from his majestic throne, has revealed himself to us in the scriptures. Although the Bible is a book and it looks just like any other book, it is completely different. For it is directly connected to the eternal reality of God's kingdom. His judgments on the day when, when Christ appears in, in his kingdom. His judgments are directly re related to our response to what he has revealed in the scriptures. You see, brothers and sisters, we are in his presence. We have his God-breathed words. And he is watching, and he is almighty, and he knows, and he sees. And we are all answerable to him for what we do. For he has shown us the truth 
and how to live. Paul's weighty calling upon the name of God and his son Jesus Christ when he charges us to preach that serves as an example of the authority that that God's word gives to preachers. Preachers and teachers with the Bible in their hands can say, thus says the Lord. This is so much more than just a conversation about different interpretations of what we might, or different interpretations man might have. And the Holy Spirit tells us that the Holy Scriptures which announce God's amazing grace and His love, those Scriptures, they're, they're divine, they're inerrant, they're authoritative, and they're to be faithfully preached to all nations. We hear that charge. And the Spirit's command to preach shows us that there is a difference between just reading the Word, which is obviously very important, and also giving the sense of the word, like we heard in in a sermon that was read from this pulpit from Nehemiah 8, verse 8, where where men gave the sense of the word as it was being read to them. There's a difference between reading and the living preaching of the gospel in order to become wise for salvation. The world needs to hear the scriptures. The world needs to understand the scriptures in season and out of season. That means in all the situations of our life when the word is acceptable and when it is not. You can think of our Lord Jesus facing this in John 6 verse 60 when he was explaining his work, his sacrifice and and many people left him because it was hard teaching. We need to preach the word when people are ready to hear and grow and also when their ears are itching to hear something else. Paul uses a very interesting comparison. He, he gives the picture of itching ears. And it's used to describe that dissatisfaction with the truth that sinners feel in their hearts because they want something different. They want to be affirmed in their sins rather than called to repentance and forgiveness and confession, and submission to Christ, and and a holy life before the Lord. And since it can be difficult to keep on preaching to people who are not in the mood to hear sound teaching, the Holy Spirit urges the church to keep on preaching with complete patience and teaching. Complete patience and teaching means giving space to those who are slow to learn or sad to be caught in sin without losing sight of the goals of repentance and conversion and and spiritual growth. Patience doesn't mean condoning or tolerating sin, but it means persisting. And Paul's weighty charge to the church concerning the preaching of the word continues to this day. And we praise the Lord that we have these words right in front of us, in our language, to guide us in our task, in our homes, in the church, and in the world. And so we, we end with the beginning, the first command that Paul gives in our text. He says, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. Do you see? What the Holy Spirit is saying to every person 
who has the privilege of holding God-breathed words in their hands. Although we have not all been called to study, and not everyone has the gift of speaking, we are all called to ensure that the preaching of God's holy word continues to be heard in our lives and in the lives of our children. When we hear the charge that Paul gives in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and as we consider the urgency of the command in view of Christ's appearing and his kingdom, we realize how important it is to speak to our children, to the the next generation, to speak to the men in our congregation who are equipped by God's word to be messengers and to encourage them with these gifts to pursue that full-time ministry so that that faithful preaching can continue. Looking at the Holy Spirit in our hand, we also feel that that calling, that desire to, to preach the gospel. And if you have that desire, brothers, I encourage you, go and study. We also understand how important it is to support those with the gifts in full-time ministry so that preaching can continue. Looking at the the scriptures in our hand and desiring to to be uh, seeing them in our lives as as a useful instrument in the Spirit's hand, we encourage those who are bold enough to say what the scriptures say and resist the temptation to just tell us what we want to hear in a comfortable way. People who understand 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 to chapter 4, verse 4, they're eager to place themselves, to place their children under the faithful preaching of the Word of God. We praise the Lord that He does this in our lives, that He gives us this desire. And finally, we can also hear the, the broader application of this text as it applies to everyone in the congregation who has the responsibility to, to teach others. For if the scriptures are, are able to equip the man of God for his task of preaching, they certainly will also be useful to you in your task as, as parents and elders and deacons and, and friends giving guidance and Bible study participants. And when you think about how you will teach others in your life as you go from here, remember, says Paul, remember from whom you learned the gospel. Although there have been many people in your life, many people talking, many things, many sources of information, there are only a few of whom you can say, they taught me about the love of God for me in Christ Jesus. And you know what distinguished those teachers from all the rest? They were repeating and explaining the God-breathed scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. They made use of the scriptures when they shaped their lives, when they guided you in, their, in your conduct, when they revealed the truth about the reality of this universe. If you want others to be wise for salvation, to live in the truth, to pursue holiness in their lives, then be like those good teachers in your life. Make good use of the scriptures. There is no book that is more important to read, no word 
more authoritative, no warning more serious, no good news more joyous than the one uttered by our heavenly Father from his throne as he reveals himself and calls all men to bow before him. And so, brothers and sisters, led by the Holy Spirit, let us continue in what we have learned and firmly believed, not as another thing to do on our to-do list, but because we believe that God has given us words of eternal life and because we are wise to salvation and because God himself dwells in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so that we want to immerse ourselves in the glorious comfort of the word of God. And may God so work in our hearts that it is our eager desire to learn from others and to teach them what we have learned in, in one of the many Bible studies that, that are available to us, that our, our home may be permeated with the, the Word of God. As you go from here, brothers and sisters, let us think together, what place do the Holy Scriptures have in my life? All Scripture is God-breathed and profitable to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.